the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, May the 22nd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On May 22nd, 1964, President Lyndon B. Johnson, he was speaking at the University of Michigan, he outlined the goals of his, what he called, Great Society. He said it rests on abundance and liberty for all. And he said, quote, it demands an end to poverty and racial injustice. I would ask all these years later, how is that great society doing, Mr. Johnson? I think the facts would answer not so well. That was one of the monumental, pivotal points in American history. When they invoked the great society, it was anything but a great society. It was an enrichment of a few. It was using the masses. It did not help the blacks or the minorities at all. And most conservative minorities will tell you that they don't believe that that was helpful at all. In fact, it hurt them. It created a dependent society, not a free and vibrant society. A society based on merit is a happy society, and it works. One based on government handouts and calling it great is deception and it's destructive. And we're still living with some of the consequences of Lyndon B. Johnson on several fronts. This is one of them. Today in 1960, an earthquake magnitude 9.5, strongest ever measured, struck southern Chile, claimed 1,655. 55 lives. Can you imagine a, an earthquake of 9.5? Today in 1968, uh, the nuclear-powered submarine USS Scorpion had 99 men on board. It sank in the Atlantic Ocean. The remains of the sub were later found on the ocean floor about 400 miles southwest of the Azores, those islands off Ireland out there. Today in 1992, after nearly 30 years, Johnny Carson... He'd been hosting NBC's Tonight Show for the final time. He said it's over almost 30 years. Didn't quite make it that long. Jay Leno took over as host. I used to watch Johnny Carson some when we were young. And uh, it, it was different. It was kind of entertainment. And it, it, it wasn't so crass. And it wasn't so, it wasn't like those late night shows. Now, I can't remember the last time I watched a late-night show. I just can't handle it, and a lot of people can't either. The ratings have fallen in recent years to next to nothing. But Carson just had a way of kind of entertaining. I certainly didn't agree with all the things that he believed and probably lived by, but there was an entertainment factor in those days. Today, not so much. Ten years ago today, Lois Lerner, She was the Internal Revenue Service supervisor. Her agents had been 
targeting conservative groups, particularly the Tea Party, but other groups as well, some ministry groups. She swore to a House committee, Lois Lerner, that she had done nothing wrong. Then she refused to answer further questions. Every time they'd ask her a question, she would cite her Fifth Amendment, her right to not incriminate herself. And this went on and on and on. They finally ended the hearing. She ended up stepping aside or being asked to step aside. I can't remember the exact details, but I do remember that there was a pretty big article in a number of the conservative news sources that told us all that she had retained her salary and went into retirement. That's the punishment in government. It's kind of sad, really, but that's what happened. But I was glad to see her go because she really had targeted. And there were a lot of emails and and voicemail. I guess it was more voicemail that was out there where she'd left messages. She was just brutally critical of, of Christians and conservatives and all of this kind of thing. So anyway, that happened today. I want to talk to you a little bit about liberty and freedom today. I want to talk to you a little bit about some things that the Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote in a in a response to a case. I want to not necessarily talk about the case, but talk about some of the things that he said. He kind of got off his chest. It's things that we all need to hear. And I want to talk to you a little bit about truth and fear and how fear is often used to manipulate not only, but certainly the masses, but also individuals, as ordinary people like you and me. I talked about Target Corporation the other day, talked about how they have kind of sold their soul to the LGBTQ, XYZ, whatever, movement. And I said that for the first time in a long time, I went into one of their stores the other day. I mean, it's I don't remember. I just don't go there. I'm not boycotting it per se, but I just avoid going there uh, just on principle. That's just me personally. I'm not suggesting everybody do that. You should do what you feel you should do before the Lord. But anyway, I went in there to buy something specifically that I knew they had. Well, I knew they were carrying a line of, of clothing for all of the LGBT and the transgender and all that stuff. But I was a little taken back, and I said that on this program just last week, uh, one day. And um, I was a little taken back by the magnitude of it. I mean, when there's only 0.6%, I mean, by our main posters in America, there's 0.6% of the people that are transgender, even though, you know, the schools and, and education and entertainment and so on is doing their best to... Uh, indoctrinate our children into believing that they're that, um, there aren't many of them. And that it was a disproportionate amount of product in there that was, you know, just flaming about the LGBT plus and all that kind of thing. What I didn't know then, but I, I learned over the weekend, and I just want to mention this to you, so you'll have the best picture that I have at least, um, Target Corporation has also partnered, and I didn't say this when I talked about it the other day, and I just want to mention this one issue, and then I'm going to move on. But they have partnered their new Pride clothing line with a U.K. design a designer. He's based in, in the U.K. He's, he's worldwide, I guess. 
uh, it's a uh, prolin is the is the brand name a prolin and that uh, he insists the guy that owns it he insists that Satan loves you and Satan respects pronouns among other items in its pride line Target has really partnered with these people in in a pretty pretty significant way they have these t-shirts cure transphobia sweatshirt which bears the message cure transphobia not trans people apollon mixes a a uh, apollon mixes a good deal of satanism with its pro lgbt activism and it asserts on its instagram page that quote satan loves you and respects you for who you are you're important and valuable in this world, and you deserve to treat yourself with love and respect. LGBTQ plus people are so often referred to as being a product of Satan or going against God's will. So fine, this guy says, we'll, we'll hang with Satan instead. So naturally, Satan respects pronouns. He also loves all LGBTQ plus people, it says. Aprolin's owner is a self-identified gay trans man known as Eric. He said that Satan respects pronouns, which features an image of the demon Bohaphomet, is one of my favorite and most popular designs, and the one that gave Aprolin its proper footing and direction. Now you tell me if this whole movement, which Target, and they're not the only one, obviously, they're embracing. You tell me now if it's just human sexuality and we have a right to. It is demonism, and I've been saying that for a long time. There's a demonic aspect to this whole movement. Yes, Satan doesn't love anybody but himself. God loves the transgender and the lesbian and the gays and all of the letters. He loves them all. He, his son, Jesus Christ, died on a cross for these people. And they're saying, well, God doesn't love you because the Bible teaches that you shouldn't do this. Love is only, it is only defined by this movement as how much you affirm their activities. If you don't affirm their activities, their sexual behavior, then that means you hate them. And God hates them. That's the message of this. And I see these people, these stupid parents, bringing their little toddlers in there the other day, and they're standing there, and they're looking at this, and they're pointing at it, and they go, Mommy, Mommy, I want this one, I want that one. What are they thinking? This is not only a movement about sexual behavior. It has a demonic root. And that's what's wrong in America today. We've allowed these things to just fester. And now they are taking root, and now they are growing. And they're wrapping their branches around the throats of our children. This guy knows what he's doing. Doesn't Target know? Are they that uninformed? Of course they know that he's demonic-based. I mean, he says it on his Instagram page and in his advertising I mean, that is their banner. God doesn't like you, but Satan does. Please, please don't tell me we have to be embracing 
of this LGBTQ XYZ movement. God loves you if you're part of that. And God can deliver you from that. God does not affirm your sin. He doesn't affirm my sin. He doesn't affirm anybody's sin. He died for our sin. And Christ rose from the dead to save us from our sins. And deliver us from our sins. How are we missing this? Probably because too many churches are silent on the subject. And any other subject that might be problematic for them. It's time we speak up, tell the truth. It's time to turn on the light in the darkness. It's time to open the doors of the church and say, Jesus saves. We have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves. Oh, that's so fast. We don't sing the, well, maybe we should. Maybe we should get that message back out there again today because clearly the message of the gospel in some cases, not all, I mean, there's some great, great churches in America. Praise the Lord for that. I mean, many great churches in America, but there's too many silent pulpits as well. They're not addressing the issues that really matter today. They're talking about and answering questions that people aren't asking. And that's the problem that we have today. Target is one misled corporation. There are others. Enough of that. Let me talk to you a little bit about Justice Gorsuch, Neil Gorsuch. When he became, when he was nominated, I, I listened to him speak, and I, I, I thought, man, I hope, you know, I hope we know what we're doing with this. He has become a champion, as far as I'm concerned, in most of the rulings and his comments. He, uh, he really came out con- condemning the emergency power acts of our president and of the government in the last couple of years, particularly those related to the COVID-19 pandemic, he's arguing that what has happened in America over the last couple of years is an absolute intrusion on our civil liberties. He criticized the government's overuse of their power to shut down daily life. He wasn't being political, but he was being honest about his own feelings, his own insights. I, of course, agree with him, and I think and hope most of you do as well. But he criticized the government's overuse of their power to shut down daily life, making Americans barely able to afford to feed their family or put gas in their cars. I mean, that's what he was talking about. He also denounced the lockdown orders, the federal eviction ban, these vaccine mandates, and all of this stuff. I want to go through that with you and spend a few minutes talking about what he had to say. But I want to take a moment today to thank you for standing with me, uh, what we're saying on the air, and it's publicly, and it's more and more people are listening. Not everyone agrees with me, of course. I wish they did, but they don't. And uh, there is resistance to what we do, and it probably is a growing resistance. I need you to stand with me financially. I need you to stand with me prayerfully. Uh, These are perilous times that we live in, but there's victory in Jesus. I mean, there is a hope and uh, among the hopeless. And there is there is a bright future if we look at the future through the lens of biblical teaching and biblical truth. And we need to know the truth because Jesus is the truth and he sets us free. Psalm 25 verse 5 says, Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. 
This is where we are today. We are waiting on the Lord. We are looking to him for the truth because we live in a real murky society and truth is is twisted and 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 transformed and, and misused and all of these all of the words that have to do with the essentials of life seem to be being changed and redefined and so on so we try to separate that and we try to put it out there from on this program as best we can turn on the light and speak the truth and we do so in love. My heart has love for the people we speak to sometimes. God loves all humanity. And he died for you. And we want to get that message out. So thank you for supporting us financially and prayerfully. I need your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98. Justice Gorsuch said one lesson might be this. He said fear and the desire for safety are powerful forces. They can lead to a clamor for action, almost any action, as long as someone does something to address a perceived threat. His statement says since March of 2020, we have experienced the greatest intrusions of civil liberties in peacetime history of this country. Executive officials across the country issued emergency decrees on a breathtaking scale. The Supreme Court Justice gave examples, the federal government, how they have intruded in America's rights, citing the forced closures of businesses, schools, churches, but allowing casinos and other favored companies, he he tells it like it is, allowing those guys to stay open. Threats were made to violators with civil penalties, criminal sanctions, In addition, Gorsuch mentioned how the government invaded law-abiding U.S. citizens by surveilling church parking lots. They not only tried to shut down the churches and did shut down a lot of them, he's very direct on this. He said they were surveilling who was attending services that were the government said that they could not attend, and they were taking writing down their license plate numbers, and they were. I hope we haven't forgotten that. That's, That's at the heart of some of the people in leadership in our country today. He said it's not hard to wonder, too, whether state legislatures might profitably re-examine the proper scope of emergency executive powers at the state level. He said, the justice said, at the very least, one could hope that the judiciary will not soon again allow itself to be part of the problem by permitting litigants to manipulate our our, our docket to perpetuate a decree designed for one emergency to address another. What he's saying is a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. Fear is the foundation of most governments, John Adams said, one of our founding fathers and former president of the United States. He was one of the guys that laid his life and his reputation and his fortune, whatever that amounted to, on the table. Some of the founding fathers were very wealthy, some not so much. Most of them were. They put it all on the table. He said fear is the foundation of most governments, and it is. He's exactly right. He is. Gorsuch is echoing what what Adams was saying two centuries ago. Fear is the foundation of most governments. Fear is one of the most powerful human emotions. I've seen that as a pastor over the years and talking to people. It's highly useful in situations where the threat of immediate harm exists. 
Sometimes, you know, if a house is on fire, tell people it is and run. There are times when fear helps us, and that's why God created us with that emotion. But there is different kinds of fear, and there is the imminent, obvious, true fear of a catastrophic event, whatever that may be. There's also there's also a reverential fear of God, fear the Lord, and so on. But there is this other part of fear that is debilitating. It's destructive. Seneca, the Stoic philosopher, he wrote a lot during the Roman Empire times. He said, there are more things likely to frighten us than there are to crush us. We suffer more often in the imagination than in reality. That's true. It is we imagine these horrible outcomes, and then there are people who feed those possibilities to the masses in particular, to the constituents of our country, the citizens. While some of these imagined fears are of one's own making, many are the consequence of narratives that are created by others in positions of power. That has always been a tool of corrupt leadership or devious leadership against the people to use fear. The World Health Organization came out with this statement on Friday. I mean, it's happening all the time. This is one example. World Health Organization, you say, well, they don't matter. Well, they do to a lot of people. They don't to me, but they do to a lot of people. Anyway, the WHO warns in a report released Friday, just this past Friday, that rising temperatures could lead to more than 9 million additional deaths each year by the end of the century. Climate change is one of the greatest health challenges of the 21st century, who says, alleges, as climatic changes, uh, conditions change, we are witnessing more frequent and intensifying weather and climate events such as storms, extreme heat, floods, droughts, and wildfires. All aspects of, of health are affected by climate change. I'm reading from their statement that went out to the world. From clean air, water, soil to food systems and livelihoods. Further delay in tackling climate change will increase health risks, undermine decades of improvements in global health, and contravene our collective commitments to ensure the human right to health for all. The report goes on to state under high emissions scenario, it says there could be over 9 million climate-related deaths each year by the end of the century. This is to stir people's fear and give them a knee-jerk kind of a reaction to this. And a lot of people are responding to it, especially kids. They're being indoctrinated with this stuff. We don't know that climate change is is man-created and man-manipulated. We don't know that. I mean, they, they haven't proven that. There's, many, there's as many scientists who say it isn't so as there are that say there are, that it is so. The reason we think it's a, it's a majority is because they have silenced the other side. There's a lot of scientists that are equally informed as the scientists we keep hearing from, but they are they are simply censored. They will not allow the 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 uh, the group, the WHO and other groups like them. They won't allow these guys to be peer reviewed in the journals. If you're not peer reviewed, they don't take your work seriously. I mean, it's a it's a it's a scam as far as I'm concerned, but that's the way it works. And so you don't hear these other people because they've been silenced. This is the latest, but this is what happens. And this is not new to our generation or to our era and time. This has been going on for a long, long time. 
Ruling classes for thousands of years have understood the power of intentionally invoking fear in their subjects as a means of social control. Henry, Henry Frankfurt wrote a book some time ago, The Intellectual Adventure of Ancient Man. And in it, he said between 1800 and 1600 B.C., there was a kind of a fear psychosis spread through ancient Egypt. He said it precipitated the invasion of foreign rebels hungry for power and conquest. Initially, he said, this fear psychosis was justified by a real threat. Yet even when these foreigners were successfully driven far away from Egypt, the ruling powers in Egypt sought to artificially maintain the fear because they had seen the results. It worked. To they wanted to ma- they maintained the fear among the population, realizing that a fearful population is easier to control than a fearless one. You can make the applications with that. I mean, they, they are many, but often they use what's called a false flag. And a false flag can be defined as a covert operation. It's designed to deceive in such a way that the operations appear as though they are being carried out by entities or groups or other nations. I mean, it's a hoax, as Trump used to say in so many ways. But it's something that's actually planned and executed by them, not the other nations that they're purporting are doing these things. Uh, it's, it's very deceptive. Uh, another book that I have read, I don't agree with all that is in it, but it's called Feardom by Connor Boyack. And it provides kind of an explanation of the effectiveness of these false flag attacks for those looking to institute social control. Physical attacks lead to corresponding increase of trust in political leaders and submission to them and so on. That is the premise of the book. Repetition is also a well-known prevalent propaganda technique. It's used to advance lies and perpetuate fear in the public consciousness by repeating specific phrases and warnings over and over and over again. They suddenly, or over time rather, as though suddenly become truth. And people say, wow, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, they say, well, that, that that's also, it's kind of when a square becomes a circle. Uh, no one knows when it happened. But the guy that was very clever at that was the Nazi propaganda minister, that Joseph Goebbels. We've heard about him in history. He was well aware of the power of repetition, and he cloaked falsehoods in kind of a garb of truth. He said uh, once, uh, and he's often quoted, it would not be impossible to prove with sufficient repetition and psychological understanding of the people concerned that a square is, in fact, a circle. They are mere words, and words can be molded until they clothe ideas in disguise. George Orwell said political language is designed to make lies sound truthful and murder respectable and to give an appearance of solidity to pure wind. There's another book that I have kind of scanned in the past. It's a book called, it came out in 1955, They Thought They Were Free. It's a provocative examination of the development of fascism in Germany. And this Milton Mayer wrote the book. And he studies 10 Ger- Germans. They were not leaders. They were just common people. But he, he, he looks at their life from 1933 to 1945. And, it, and he does a lot of interviews and one thing and another. And he said these 10 men were not men of distinction, but he said they had become members of the Nazi party. And he said in what they shared with him, they thought they were standing for righteousness until it was too late. And that's the essence of the book. And that's the essence 
of what's happening in America today. We are not to be we are not to be bound by fear, but we are to be free in the spirit of Christ. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.